The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Wednesday, April 26th in Hong Kong, Tuesday, April 25th in New York. And coming up today, First Republic Bank is said to be considering selling up to $100 billion in assets. Shares plunge as much as 50%. Alphabet's quarterly revenue beats analyst estimates as ad sales recover. And Microsoft reports strong sales and profit with increased demand for cloud services. Germany announcing intentions to improve relations with China. Biden makes real election bit official, China loosens travel test restrictions. I space Japan as disappointing end to moon mission. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. We hear that First Republic Bank is exploring divesting 50 to $100 billion worth of long-dated mortgage and securities as part of a broader rescue plan. The sales are aimed at reducing the mismatch between the bank's assets and liabilities. And, and buyers may be offered some incentives to pay above market rates. Here's Bloomberg's Shanali Basak. There may be sweeteners for potential buyers here. That's part of the deal here. Potentially warrants or preferred equity as an incentive to buy some of these assets. Remember, when we looked at First Republic, loans at the end of the quarter were $173 billion, but deposits were $100 billion. There are a lot of concerns about the strength of the balance sheet here, but the hope here is that by getting rid of some assets, selling these assets at above market value, there can be something here for the buyer to hang on to. We hear that First Republic may need the U.S. government to facilitate negotiations with some of the largest banks in the country to try to stabilize the lender as it executes its turnaround. First Republic shares dropped as much as 50 percent today in the session. We heard from Microsoft after the closing bell. The company reported quarterly profit and sales above expectations. Sales of the company's Azure cloud computing business were up 31 percent. Now, these positive results were due in large part to resilient corporate demand, not only for software, but services as well delivered over the internet. We got some reaction from Bloomberg's Anurag Rana. That's very good, which means that, uh, you know, the, the increased cost of computing because of new AI applications, at mm -hmm. least what they have launched so far, is not eating away from the profit. In terms of growth, I think it's going to take a few quarters before we see growth uh, coming in. Bloomberg's Anurag Rana. And now going forward, Microsoft is placing massive bets on artificial intelligence. The company is investing $10 billion into OpenAI and a new Bing search chatbot. Microsoft is opening the increase will help future sales of not only Azure, but search ads as well, along with office productivity programs. Shares in Microsoft were up about 5% in late U.S. trading. 
Yeah, and, can, and you can contrast that with Google. So right now you've got Google shares up about 2.4%, and uh, just looking at Microsoft shares up 8.2% in, in late trading. Alphabet reporting first quarter sales and profit that did top analyst estimates. The results show that Alphabet's search advertising business is weathering an economic downturn. It's, it also performed well even as Google faces heightened competitive threats from Microsoft and OpenAI. We heard earlier from Bloomberg's Mandeep Sing. It was, uh, you know, given the macro environment, probably the best print that we have seen, you know, from Alphabet in terms of digital ad spending holding up yeah. and no impact whatsoever from ChatGPT. Look, everyone talked about, you know, how ChatGPT would hurt search volumes. None. Alphabet's closely watched cloud unit also made money for the first time, reporting profit of some $191 million. Alphabet shares, as mentioned, are gaining in the after hours, although they're off the best levels of the day, which was up 4% and at the moment, 2.3%. We had a lot of weakness in semiconductor stocks during the regular session. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index was down today by 3.4%. And then after the bell, Texas Instruments with a lackluster forecast for the current quarter. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. TI is the chip industry's most diversified maker of electronic components, and it indicates that a slump in demand is spreading to previously unscathed areas. The outlook suggests that even the chip industry's bright spots, such as the industrial market, are getting swept up in the broader slowdown. Texas Instruments gets a large portion of its revenue from factory equipment, and that had helped the company sidestep a sales slide suffered by personal computers and smartphones. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Apple plans to put AI to work as your personal wellness coach. Let's get that story from Bloomberg's Tracy Junkie. Apple has made health and wellness features central to devices, including the Apple Watch. People with knowledge tell Bloomberg that Apple is now working to combine data from the watch with machine learning to create a personalized coaching service codenamed Quartz. The aim is to motivate people to exercise and improve their eating and sleeping habits, plus motivate people to pay for the service. Apple is also developing a mood tracker that will be added to the current health app this year. I'm Tracy Jonke, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner and Rashad Salama. will join us in a few moments. Uh, our guest coming up is Pooja Malik, partner at Nippon Capital. So that should be an interesting discussion. So, Doug, a, a lot more give and take. So we had a take day in the markets, as you pointed out. It was a real risk-off day. But now, if you look at the futures, NASDAQ E-mini is up 1.4%. So here we go again. Yeah, a lot of the earnings after the bell giving positivity to the uh, NASDAQ 100 contract. But you got to pay attention, and I think, Brian, to the bond market and the signal it may be sending right now with this big move lower right across the curve today. And I was struck by the fact that in the swaps market right now, it seems to be pricing in just 21 basis points in Fed tightening from current levels, which, as you know, would be less than a full quarter point move. So right now, the market seems to be very, very divided on what the Fed may begin to do. Yeah, and in terms of June, it's down to only 9% for a hike. But obviously, a lot of this comes down to the data. You mentioned the consumer confidence was weak, yet some of the economic data that we've seen has been reasonably solid. I wanted to get a quick word in, Doug, on this possibility of a property tax coming in China. And we were speaking with a China economist yesterday about possible reforms that might be good for nurturing along the economy, but it wasn't tax hikes that we were talking about. It was the possibility 
possibility of tax cuts. So at the moment, given where they are, although this is probably inevitable to bring in a property tax, the timing does not look good. Yeah, the infrastructure, from what I understand, Brian, has been put in place, this nationwide real estate registration system. So it appears to be a property tax is just one step away from this. Yeah, this has been coming for a decade or so. And as mentioned, it would be probably good for the Chinese economy because it would be raising tax from the wealthier classes. So it would be good for a lot of the people that uh, Xi Jinping is is trying to help with the common prosperity. So it's coming, but the timing, again, just doesn't look all that great. By the way, you can learn a lot more about this on the terminal, not only from our piece, our news piece, but also from the China Today column. It's time now for Global News. Germany is openly announcing today that it wants to improve relations with China in the coming months. Ed Baxter has global news from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco, as you like to say it, Ed. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Yeah, Chancellor Olaf Scholz has invited Chinese Premier Li Chang for a talks in Berlin, June 20th. It is the latest bid by Germany to ease the tensions between Europe and Beijing. Scholz wants to talk global peace and tackle climate change while setting out changes to the status quo in Taiwan. And it's official, President Joe Biden launching his 2024 campaign for re-election on video, uh, once again saying freedom is on the line. Around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes from the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. He says their strong record of legislative achievement in spite of the obstruction of the MAGA Republicans and a battle again for the soul of the Republic. Bloomberg's Mario Parker on Bloomberg's Balance of Power notes the video opened with scenes from the January 6th insurrection as a first attack on Republicans. They're almost giddy looking at polls saying that there's a rematch for 2020. Yeah. Not 30 seconds into the video, President Biden was evoking MAGA. I mean, that was a clear sign that that's the fight that they want to see. Yeah, Mario also saying it's time to make some money and that a group of potential donors will come to the White House the end of the week. GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley is out today talking about the issue of abortion, which is sure to become a major campaign issue. She says what is needed is consensus. No one talks about finding consensus. Everyone goes to the barricades and attacks the other side. They've turned a sensitive issue that has long divided people into a kind of Gotcha bidding war. Yeah, she says she wants to save as many babies as can be saved, but that agreement of how to be reached, well, she says it can't be political. China will no longer require travelers to the country to provide a negative PCR test result. This opens a door to get rid of a major deterrent for visitation since China has emerged from COVID isolation in January. Disappointment today at the end of Japan's iSpace landing process on its mission to the moon. And now we are at the moment of planned Landing time. Again, everyone, please give us a few moments to confirm. Moments passed. Our MCC crew standing by, waiting to confirm. You can really feel the tension. And despair. And it is so difficult feeling powerless now, but all we can do is cheer them up. Yeah, and later them. the crew assembled mission head Takashi Hadamata. We already confirmed that we have established the uh, communication until very end of the landing. 
Yeah, and lead them to conclude the lander was damaged, not able to communicate. But note that the launch happened in December, thrown into orbit by SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket, orbiting the moon for three months, picking up data and sending it home. We are very proud of the fact that we have already achieved many things uh, during this mission one. And prepare for missions two and three. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter. This is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. I'm Brian Curtis here in Hong Kong alongside Rashad Salamat. And as uh, you heard there, Ed Baxter on news and Doug Krisner looking at markets. So we've got it all covered for you. And our guest is Pooja Malik, partner at Nippon Capital. And she's here to provide the pithy comment. Uh, so, Pooja, thanks very much for joining with us or joining us. Uh, yeah, just looking at, at markets here and, and how to navigate through this. Um, we've had a period of low volatility. But you'd, you'd almost think that given the, the really diverse uh, outcomes that we're seeing from earnings and from economic data, that we should see an increase in volatility. Would you buy volatility here? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think volatility is set to rise across the world as uh, well as in emerging markets in Asia. And the volatility can come from many factors. There's, of course, the geopolitical risk, the situation between U.S., China, with other countries like Korea and Germany now sort of being involved in the middle. There's also tail risk coming from the high levels of interest rates in the U.S. So I see a lot of risk on the horizon that the equity market is not factoring in as of now. Well, t- tell me something. With what's going on with First Republic, how worried are you about that and to perhaps other banks finding themselves in the same position in the weeks and days to come? I have no doubt that a lot of other banks are in similar positions. The extent of how bad the situation is, of course, varies, and the access to new capital to cover some of these problems also varies. Having said that, I think the good news is that emerging market banks are more or less isolated from this issue. You know, most central banks in EM have been raising rates for a while, and rates have quite peaked in those markets, and I would say peak rates might be even behind us in most of EM. The banks in EM have also been very resilient because they've been through crisis in the past and have learned from that, so they're very well capitalized. So the good news here is that banks across emerging markets seem very stable and less vulnerable to this interest rate situation, whereas regional banks in the U.S., um, definitely I could see more problems looming ahead. Um, I just want to get to where we are not in this part of the world. And, you know, the whole reopening uh, story, is that something which is now in the rear view mirror, and is it done? I don't think so. I think we have seen the headlines relating to the reopening story, but we're still seeing earnings recovery on the ground. Earnings for Chinese companies both this year and next year are projected to be in double digits, and next year will be particularly strong. So I think we will see the 
recovery story play out and translate into earnings over the next 12 to 24 months. And that will hopefully then act as a mechanism or a catalyst for re-rating equities as well. China is its own big beast, uh, but for the rest of the world, and I know you've been pushing emerging markets in this discussion, but isn't the key question still, if the U.S. goes into recession, all bets are off. So how you figure that is what you want to do in EM or no? Um, if the U.S. goes into recession, definitely there's huge repercussions for EM, especially for globally exposed stocks. So thinking Korea, Taiwan, the supply chain, etc. We are seeing more and more signs of decoupling between U.S. and China, which is a good thing, because if the U.S. does go into recession, we're still seeing 5% growth in China, so that will somewhat offset the effect. For us, specifically, we are staying very close to domestic teams. We are staying away from globally exposed stocks, and we're looking for true emerging market stocks that are exposed to the dynamics of local demand. So stocks like telecom, hospitals, medical services, stocks that are benefiting from growth in domestic markets. And reopening, actually, when it comes to hospitals because of um, healthcare tourism. Exactly. In fact, one of the stocks that we um, favor is a Thailand hospital stock called Bumran Grad, and Mm. it's exactly the thesis you stated. Yeah, absolutely. Such a famous one. You know, the the property tax story in China, in in a sense, is a great uh, little microcosm for looking at at China. There's a lot of things that they would like to do, but they're held back a little bit because they're trying to, as I put it earlier, nurture this economic recovery. You'd almost think that they would be trying to remove some of the friction, some of the fees and charges and and some of the taxes that they have that are holding the economy back. Um, Yet, it just so happens that, you know, one of our big stories today is that they've put in this registration system, it now would enable them to put in a property tax. Do you agree with our take that that's kind of a good long-term story, but might be disastrous at the moment? Definitely agree that this may not be the right time to do it. Having said that, I think the government is more focused on reform that is going to help the technology, the data, the AI, and the semiconductor sectors right now given what's happening with the U.S. and the rest of the world. So that's a theme where you're likely to see positive reform versus the common prosperity story is sort of a long-term thing that they almost have to stick with, and they're not viewing that so much in as sort of a short-term problem to fix. But I would expect more positive support for tech and semiconductor in the near term. Indeed. So I, I want to get a sense also, really, of what you are looking at in terms of the, the, uh, um, you know, the geopolitical situation here as well. And is there any way of actually, uh, actually playing that? The geopolitical situation is likely to worsen before it gets better, right? You know, with the um, U.S. trying to get Korea on its side and sort of ally all the Western nations together. The way we're playing this is to stick with smaller cap stocks, mid-cap stocks. And if you look year to date, small cap domestic Chinese stocks as measured by the CSI 1000 have outperformed MSCI China by almost 8%. So that's, I think, a theme that's likely to continue, which is small cap stocks, stocks that are geared towards the domestic economy, stocks that are not in technology. Uh, we're looking at consumer staples. We're looking at telecom, stable, cash flow yielding stocks um, that are unlikely to be impacted by the geopolitical situation, or at least likely to be impacted less than high momentum, high velocity growth, or or staying away from those themes. 
In the big, broad macro story and what the Fed does and how the U.S. economy is doing, one final question. Uh, we talked about the diversity of outcomes. Uh, today you had the earnings from Visa and Chipotle and McDonald's that were all pretty strong and looked pretty solid. Uh, Microsoft and Google, you know, the big monster tech companies, also very strong. Uh, and yet, you know, we've had a lot of misses, too. Uh, how do you put it all together into a strategy? Yeah, I think um, this portion is going up, definitely, in the U.S., but also across the world, in China as well, right? We've seen sectors really outperform them. We've seen information technology consumer discretionary be super volatile, actually down for the year at this point. This disposition is really creating a strong opportunity for active management, for stock picking. So, again, I, we see the way to play this as sticking with strong, consistent dividend-yielding stocks, sticking with domestically-oriented stocks, sticking with mid-cap, small-cap stocks, and staying away from high-momentum, hyped themes like batteries or uh, even very high-growth Internet stocks. Pooja, thanks so much for joining us. Pooja Malik, partner at Nippon Capital. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.